I'm Gab. He's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Sort of. Uh, yeah. Jules. We have new league leaders in the Premier League. That's right. We have new league leaders in the Bundesliga. That's right. We have a new champion in the Coupe de France. <laughs> we have an old champion, which could be throwing it all away. Uh, we don't yeah. have a new champion in Serie Not, yet. Not I, yet, but no, there you go. It's on its way. a matter of days. So much going on. And in the Liga, it's the same old, same old. But we're going to start somewhere else. We're going to start with an incredible finale. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool against Spurs. Incredible start to the game. Liverpool 3-0 up after 15 minutes. People mm-hmm. joking. Ah, I think Gary Neville said it like, oh, Tottenham now like with their fan refund, put them on direct debit. Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. But no, Spurs get back into it. And then we have this incredible finale uh, where it's 3-2. Spurs are, are pressing. Richarlison scores his first league goal of the season. Yeah. Everybody goes nuts. He gives the, minute. the big one to the Anfield crowd. Yeah. And then... 94th minute. Yeah, like, was it, 90 seconds later, yeah. uh, Lucas Mora passes it. Uh, with, with Lucas Mora with the assist for I Jeff know. I know, yeah, it was incredible. That's why the Premier League is the best league in the world. Yeah, because it's not down there, but this could have happened it's in true. any league. It's not. It doesn't. And it's, it's crazy. It was really, the whole game was crazy, not just the finale, but the whole game was crazy. The way Liverpool, as you said, dominated the first half an hour and then stopped, almost stopped playing and showed that they don't have margin of uh, any opponents, really. And Spurs... Not being great, I thought, creating some chances, but not still being great with the ball, but still enough to create chances, hitting the woodwork twice. Coming back, 3-1 before the break, 3-2, then 3-3, as you said, and then the finale is incredible. There should have been two red cards. There was really, like, everything that you want in, in an incredible game like that. We'll get to the red cards in a minute. Um, I, I want to go back, though, to... I, I don't like to talk about psychology because I think it's overblown. It was used to explain things. Equally, though... Those Spurs players who were out there, who remember the 5-0 inside of 21 minutes, when you go 3-0 down inside of 15 minutes at Anfield against a direct opponent, to stay in the game, I, I think that says a lot. Yeah, it was. I mean, let's not forget that they considered five against Newcastle with a back four, which was the, it was the core of the problem that day. At Liverpool on Sunday, it was a back five from the beginning. They, they started terribly. But with that back five, they were always going to be more solid at some point when they finally started playing than they would have been with the back four that we saw in Newcastle. So that was maybe the difference. I also, th- I also thought that Liverpool were happy with the 3-0 scoreline at that time and then kind of almost went into control mode, which is might, might be normal to do in a way. I know Newcastle didn't, but again, I think the back four played into their hands, which was not the case for Liverpool. And that's why maybe the, the route stopped a three instead of a five like with Newcastle before. You talked about the two missing red cards. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about Skip and Jota, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, the Skip one, I'm not as 100% nailed on uh, as you are. Well, just because he slightly touches the ball first. I think he's out of control. He does... He does. It is the one that you see when you come down that high on effectively on his ankle. You know, you do have a duty of care. But that, that could have easily been a red. But the Jota one, for me is the one that's, that, that's absurd. <laughs> I mean, he could have cut his head off. I mean, in both cases, right, the referee is Paul Tierney, who I do not think is a particularly good referee. No, bad referee, Paul Tierney. We've said that before, I'm sure. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you know when all those bad referees retired, and I thought, so obviously by osmosis, people, people are, going to, are going to rise through the ranks. Yeah. This, this guy should not be refereeing a key no, game that, for, 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 uh, uh, for a top four finish. There are other... I know, I know you can't get you know, Oliver and, and Atwell, whoever you think is good, to go and referee every big game. 
But this guy, yeah, Taylor, sorry, yeah. that was the one I meant, not Atwell. Oh, yeah. Atwell's better than this guy. Um, <clears throat> Madley's not a bad referee. Sorry, I'm digressing on referees. Uh, but 100%. Jota should have. I, I don't even understand. I don't know. You you know better than me about VAR. I don't know if VAR should have, could have said. VAR listen. 100% could have. Oh, so, and you so know what? We've got another VAR referee being sacked this week yeah. by Howard Webb. And then obviously Portini never refereeing this kind of I mean, the, again, the only but, scenario is if he talks to Tierney and Tierney says, oh, no, no, I saw it very, very what, clearly. What did he uh, see clearly? He put his head down into the path of the ball, something like that. That's the only thing he could have said. I don't need to see it again. Uh, but that, that's pretty extreme. Uh, quick word on Jurgen Klopp and what he said afterwards, because he is facing now an FA charge. He says that, you know, he got very angry and wound up. Yeah. Uh, he also pulled his hamstring. Not funny. Not funny. Uh, no, not funny but you celebrate a win, but, so you yeah. take it. So... He, he's been, uh, uh, he's facing a, a, a possible charge. He says Paul Tierney said something entirely unacceptable to him. PGML, PGMOL said, no, 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 Paul Tierney definitely didn't because we were eavesdropping on the audio of his mic. Uh, by the way, PGMOL, there's a lot of ways he could say it without you picking it up on the mic. It's not like, you know, but whatever. We know he can be, I am grateful for the fact that he's outspoken. It's gotten, yeah, he's gotten in trouble in the past. Fire. Uh, over over Brexit, over the Super League, and we're not in trouble, but you know, not everybody liked what he said. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I don't mind it. I think here, though, he said something which I think is fundamentally... I don't want to say he's wrong, but I didn't quite like the way he came out. If I'm Ryan Mason, I get a little bit annoyed. He essentially came out and he said, well, look, we're 3-0 up, and then we ran into trouble because... All Tottenham does, all Mason does, is just, just counterattack set pieces, counterattack set pieces. <laughs> they didn't open up, so we couldn't go forward. And, you know, it, it, the implication is Liverpool were a little bit lost, not knowing how to play, right? Because they expected Spurs to come at them and chase the game, and they didn't. And I kind of want to say, well, you're the manager making $10 million a year. You figure it out. This is how Ryan Mason wants to play. It's not like he's breaking the rules, Right. Um, by playing this way. It's a bit counterintuitive at 3-0 down, but you know what? They still scored a goal against you. They still yeah, uh, hit the woodwork twice. Big chance right? the f- at the end of the first half before they go even. Like, so maybe tell your team not to be exposed to the counterattack if you see it sitting deep. And then maybe it becomes a dull game because Liverpool says, ha-ha, you're not coming at us. Well, we're not going to come at you. And then whatever. But then you're preserving a 3-0 lead. You can't blame Mason for this or or, or say that you know, I think at one point he says, "Oh, Mason needs to no Mason need, Mason needs to do what Mason thinks is right for Tottenham." Yeah, because you also said, "Oh, Ryan Mason complaining about the red card that he felt Jota should have had right. and didn't get." And Klopp also said, "Well, he's got other things to um, to wor- not to worry about, but to focus on." I think he said something yeah. like that, as in like make his team play better than thinking about if Jota should have been sent off or not sent off. And it's just like, okay, we know that he likes kind of giving, like, teaching lessons to other people right. because that's why, you know, that's why he can be at times a bit patronizing. That was very, very patronizing towards Ryan Mason. Yeah. I don't know if he felt like, oh, he's a young coach. Maybe, I think, maybe Klopp felt like so pumped by that incredible win, which is true because he must have thought, how on earth 
did we blew did we blow sorry the three 0 lead that we had in against a team like that? So he must have been really cross, and then obviously super happy when Jota scored 90 seconds later. So I don't know if maybe straight after, it's not easy because he said down Sky, it's not easy to react straight after a game like that. I think if you're a player in a flash interview or a coach or anything like that, because Ryan Mason also said, oh we were by we were the better team by a mile. I mean, come on, mate. Yeah, no, no, please. I, look. So some sometimes they yeah. say stupid oh. things. I, I'll go out there. I like Klopp. I have a ton of respect for him. So I am inclined yeah, to me give too, him a pass him. in this situation because of the adrenaline of what happened, yeah. because it's post-game, because you did your hamstring, you know, running over to, to shout at somebody. Um, <laughs> maybe also the, the, the Tierney thing. Uh, he came out. He said Tierney said something unacceptable, right? As I mentioned before, like PGML going saying, no, he didn't. Like, guys, you don't know. So if there is a charge, if there's an inquiry... Let's let that run its course, right? Yeah. Because we, we mentioned off fair. this is reminiscent to what happened with Mourinho exactly. and the fourth official, yeah. right? Um, when, when Roma played Cremonese, for, for those who, who missed out on this, um, Mourinho was arguing and the fourth official turned to him. And we now know what he said is, he said, why didn't you go home? Oh, the, uh, is the whole stadium is, is laughing at you, yeah, right? At you. Which is not acceptable for a fourth yeah. official to say. So whatever Tierney said, whatever Klopp thinks he heard, whatever, let if there is a charge, let's let the FA deal with it. I don't need the PGM OL coming like, no, we're the all-knowing eye. No, if you want to say, Tierney assures us he didn't say this, that's fine. He didn't say anything unacceptable, that's fine. But don't make it seem like, you know, you're, you're, you're listening in on everything because you don't know. <laughs> Just because he's mic'd up, you know, it, it takes a second to cover your mic, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. We don't know what happened. Um, it's interesting, though, about Mason's approach uh, to that game. And I think this is something that's we've seen a little bit in other, in other leagues in Europe. Some teams are starting to do this where you're 3-0 down against a good right, – 3-0 is kind of extreme, let's say. Or, or either 3-1 down, let's say, right? Yeah. You just focus on your original game plan of counterattacking and set pieces. And then last 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is, then you send on a ton of strikers and you try to create chaos, right? And you can do that with the five substitutions. Yeah. Um, it's what Atalanta and Serie A, that's what he's been doing really the, 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 the last six months. And it is yielding results. It's, a, mm. it's kind of a different way of playing, but that's the thing. This is a low-scoring sport. And you're almost kind of like lulling the game into sleep without exposing yourself. You still have your counterattacks and your set pieces if they work out. And I don't know. It's, it's a different approach. It may not be aesthetically yeah, yeah. pleasing on the eye, but... No, I'm not sure Spurs can play differently even, even if they wanted to. I don't think they've got the players in midfield to play differently. And I, I, I don't think they've got the system to play to play differently. Against United in midweek, they did play a bit more on the front foot in that second half, but it was in their own stadium. It's a bit different than going yeah. to Anfield. And so I think I think it's, it's harsh to criticise the way they played in that second half. And they played well. And why would you play differently against a Liverpool team that you know is very vulnerable when you play like that? So... Klopp also had something to say about Chelsea before the game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Do you want to run us through that? Yeah, he said, I mean, if you just take out, there's a quote where he says, it's good to see Chelsea not having a good season. Uh, it's good to see that it's not because you spend hundreds of millions 
that you're going to have a, that you're building a good team. If you look, if you listen or read every, like the, no, the context, yeah, context, he says that basically it's not, it's not nice for Chelsea to be in that position, but yeah, he kind of says that if you spend 100 million just like that on players and players and players, that doesn't make you a good team and that doesn't guarantee right. you success. Especially if you keep changing managers. If you keep changing managers, which is true, by the way. So I don't, again, I don't understand why people got offended by what Klopp said on Chelsea. Because he's I, right. Everybody could say that it's not because you're going to spend 600 million that your team is going to be yeah. successful and win straight away. This is not how you build a winning team. Look, I, I, I think that comment is an example of we in the media have a certain responsibility here, right? We want to ask questions and we want to get interesting answers from, from managers. When, we, when, when they give us their answers, especially on stuff that's maybe a little bit more contentious, a little bit spicier, like potentially this is, and by the way, like what you said, it's not... It's not rocket science. It's not like he reinvented the wheel by saying this. We have a responsibility to say, look, he's not sitting there sniping. We have a responsibility to deliver the context of what he's saying, that you you can spend a ton of money, but it also takes time and it takes stability. And Chelsea haven't had that this season for for whatever reason. And so this is the... And when you look at it that way, it's nothing to get wound up about. But then... There are certain portions of the media, or or maybe it's also the uh, maybe we can also blame social media culture, right? I can, I, you know, I I I put out a, a tweet or or something on Insta with like a little quote or like you know, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden you lose the context of what he's saying. Yeah. I don't want Klopp to stop talking about football, to stop talking about issues in football, because people are going to take stuff completely out of context and make it seem like, look, he's attacking this and blah, 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 and why don't you shut up? Because we already have so many managers who are like, oh, no, I don't talk about other teams. Well, maybe you should. Although there was part of me that I think he knew exactly what he was saying. I think the line is good to see. He knew exactly, he knew exactly that was going to create big headlines because he could have said it very differently. He could have said, we see with Chelsea that you can spend and spend and spend and spend it that doesn't guarantee you a successful team and a, and a good team instead the, it's good to see kind of Chelsea in that position after all the money they, they spend I don't know I think he's so smart that everything he says he knows exactly the, the importance of it the power of it and I, I, I don't know I, I think it would be different if it was in the context of Chelsea playing Liverpool yeah, maybe. But they're not. That's true. It's That's in true. a completely different context. I think it's removed. I think he knew what he was saying, sure. But I, I certainly don't think it was a, uh, it, it was a wind-up. Um, I want to ask you about, again, this Trent in midfield. Oh, I love Trent in midfield. You do? I love Trent in midfield. But you were being critical of, 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 of it off-air about the repercussions of him in playing No, I'm just saying that they're not, they're not there yet in terms of the trend in midfield experiment or it might be more than an experiment now. it might be the, the transition into the trend in midfield system and Liverpool as a football team because obviously defensively if, if you have the ball and he's in midfield if you lose the ball there he's not anymore a right back because he was in midfield when you lost the ball yeah, but that's fine because you've got Henderson or Elliot but it's not out there. because Elliot can't do that yet you, what you really need is a right winger that could also be a part of this 
shift, if you want, and shuffle, which Musala well, isn't. But again, you don't want anything different because it's Musala. What do you mean, like No, no, but yeah. yeah that's but, what you need. <laughs> okay. For example, but you, you don't want... A defensive winger. You don't want that because you want Musala there, fair, no. which is fair enough. That's what I mean. It's, it's a but work in progress. Why can't Henderson or Elliot or, 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 or somebody like that? I mean, this is essentially their job, right? Because when they have the ball in that area, it usually means they've pushed up, they've got a higher line. And you're basically asking one of the midfielders to go and cover that wide area and when you lose possession to, to be able to get back because Trent's yeah. not there. I think the one the one that maybe holds the key to it is Konate. But again he needs to stay fit because Matip could not do a job for two pretty much basically. Uh, and 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 I think he would just take a bit of time. But I really hope that club is persistent with it because I think it can really, really work from a Liverpool point of view. It's just that in some big games, a bit like the one on Sunday, they, you have to you have to accept that defensively it would be shaky. That at some point they would be shaky because you know that a lot of the teams would play on that side. They used to play on that side even when Trent was a more traditional right back anyway. Right. So now even more when he's coming inside and you see him more and more inside. So it'd be, it'd be fascinating to follow. But I think a lot of people thought this was good for him. Even a few weeks, a few months, a few years ago. Now it's kind of happening, but there's a lot of adjustment to, to be done. But Trent obviously started his career in, in midfield. He played there throughout. Not really. The, it's not his career. Well, he signed professional terms when he was 16 years old. Yeah. And he played there until he got into the first team when he was 18. Yeah, but his professional career started at the first okay, team. Fine. He never played in midfield. But the thing is, growing up, he was a midfielder. Yeah, true. I, I'm just wondering, obviously you have Thiago who can do some of what Trent does in, in midfield when he's fit and he's playing, uh, which isn't all the time. Um, the option, you're not high on the option of what if Liverpool got themselves a right back and moved Trent permanently in midfield because it would affect the pressing game. I think so. I, I just don't think it would work to have him as a proper midfielder. So... In the 4-3-3, and you've got, let's say, Joe Gomez, a right-back, and then the back four, and then Fabinho, Trent, and Curtis Jones, for example. I just, I don't think it would work. I don't think Trent um, can press right now. I think he can, he, he can learn and get there, maybe. I, just, I don't think you would want him to press, because you need him really there in front of your back four to use the ball and not recovering the ball at the corner flag for example that's not what you would want him to be doing right because he's not good not a good crosser of the ball no no it's not for that it's of just, course he is but, but, but then often the, the play that press the ball is not recovered there he's recovered behind because the press forces the guy who you're pressing so I'm trying I press you I, I, I think what you're talking about is maybe he's not as great a passer receiving the ball in transition right no, 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 I think or, he is. No, no, but if I press you, I'm trained. I press you, you right. have the ball. I come and press you. Right. You're going to hoof the ball or you're going to lose the ball by making a pass behind me. So right. I'm trained. I'm not going to get the ball back. It's not me who's going to get the ball My back. My teammates have the ball and then they can pass the ball to me and then I True, create but that's what a goal I mean for Salah. In the sense that it would not work in the structure of your team and of your press to have, I think, trained in, in a permanent midfield position. I don't know. If, I, I'm, I'm asking a question, right? Yeah. Thiago is one of those guys who went fit uh, has got the passing, the creativity, and can also press because he's, he's done that, right? He's not a pressing machine, but, but he can do that. Why can't Trent do what Thiago does? 
Because I, I just I think that he's. I'm assuming more, Trent is just as good an athlete as Thiago. Yeah, maybe even better. It's not better. And yeah, he's certainly younger. Yeah, certainly, certainly younger and you know less injury prone. Right. I just I just don't think that in terms of. Again, I think Thiago is a Thiago is a proper is a proper playmaker though, with with all the, the attributes of a midfielder that right. Trent has in a way. But also doesn't have right now. I, I just think that you would have to change the structure of your midfield if you wanted Trent permanently there. And, and maybe you can see, he doesn't play as high as if Thiago plays with Fabinho. Thiago is much higher than what Trent is now playing with Fabinho. Maybe this is the opportunity to do that when you look forward to next season. When you look at the way Liverpool as a group are, are restructuring. Right, Henderson's not getting any younger. He's going to be what thirty four. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, Elliot doesn't feel ready. Thiago's in just, 30. Yeah, yeah. Elliot's going to grow into something, yeah, right? Yeah. Fabinho hasn't had a great season. Naby Keita's going to be gone, I assume. Yeah. Um, maybe there is a way to start thinking about restructuring a little bit the way you play. Maybe. To, 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 to accommodate this. Uh, and maybe then you invest in a right back rather than rather than a midfield. I don't know. Hey, I think it's a talk? fascinating evolution, um, that's for sure. A word on, you know, when it comes to Liverpool strikers... I'm not on the Darwin bandwagon. I'm not a Gakpo fan, although he seems like a very nice guy. Um, but Luis Diaz, now he gets me excited. And I think, what could this season have been like with a fit Luis Diaz? Yeah. Uh, and he scored a great goal, and he great gives you the game. energy, and he make, I, I, I think he makes Mo Salah better just by, by, just by being there rather than having the other two clunkos running around, right? Yeah, I, I, I think... I'm too excited because about this. Right. No, no, I don't think you are. I think I think you're right, and I think there's a reason why. I mean, you had a feeling when he was coming back that everybody at Liverpool in, in within the club were really excited for a reason. You know, when Jota came back, and I love Jota, and he's a great player. Right, he's a different player. He's a different player. People were happy that he was back, but didn't have the same excitement like you about Luis Diaz coming back, and even Klopp himself and the rest of the the, the organization. So. I think there's, there's definitely something there. They have to be really careful with him. I think you'll be harsh with Gabco because I, I thought he did a lot of really good things in that, in that, especially in that first half. He's useful, but he doesn't excite me. No, I know. Darwin Nunez doesn't. None of the, neither of these dudes don't do did not you excite. Did see Thiago by the way, just before Darwin came on, where he was sat, obviously injured or whatever it was, because he had trainers on, sat really high behind the bench and then came down. To say something to Darwin, give him a kiss, and right by Klopp, and Klopp, Klopp looked almost like, Wait, where is this, what's happening here? Where is that coming from? And then Thiago <laughs> went just back up, climbed over the... Um, yeah, I think Luis Diaz, I think, we'll we never know, but it could have been a very different season, you're right, with him as the kind of counterpart of Mo Salah on the other side, a different threat, another threat. I think for Robertson, it would have been much better to have Luis Diaz. No question. No question. Um, and maybe that also explains why Robertson's season has been okay, but nothing as good as before, maybe, certainly with the ball. He, ma- he made some bad mistakes defensively yesterday by holding on the ball too long. That could have been very costly, but yeah, we never know. Uh, word on Tottenham. Yeah. They would have to stop starting the games like that. 5 nil down, 2 nil down, 3 nil down. I mean, come on. I mean, is the Europa League in, in jeopardy? Massively. Massively. Liverpool have all the momentum to finish in that fifth. I mean, I think six because of the, the FA Cup final is City against United and those two would be in the Champions League. That adds you an extra slot for Europa League. Um, so, but 
fifth, sixth. I think they could finish seventh. If Brighton win the game in hand, they could be they could be eighth. I think they have to. If Brighton win their game in hand against Man City. That that, that game in hand. Yeah, true. If you look at the at the, at the fixtures list now and the table, it's like okay, you have to be worried for Spurs. You have you have to be worried for Spurs because there's no really clear direction. I like Ryan Mason. I think he's a good guy. But right now, uh, he hasn't really changed anything from what was there before. I think it, he, he has a different message because he's a different personality to Conte and Stellini. But so it, it's it's funny with Mason because I, I find that I'm liking him when he talks. I I can't establish anything discernible with his coaching qualities because it doesn't look like. Both times that he came in, yeah. it doesn't look like he changed things massively. No, 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 no. Didn't have time and whatever. So I don't know what Mason the coach is, right? Uh, I can't speak to that. I like the way he talks. I think I'm called by the fact that he was one of my least favorite Tottenham players when he was playing. But why I love him? Why he was completely like just a guy who ran around. And yeah. What was what do you hate get, about that? It's just like is he relevant when he it was, was all effort? He was, yeah. he, was, he, was, he was. No, but he was. He Some was, made a career like that. It's fine, but I mean, I didn't look like, I don't know. I, 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 I like footballers who can do more things with the ball, okay, right? Fine. Not the most gifted. Yeah, Tottenham. Sure. This is a team of, of, of Glenn Hoddle and, and Luka Modric and stuff like that. And Ryan Mason. Mason does okay. not belong in the same sentence no, with the other two, right? No, we agree? Nobody says it, that sentence, okay. apart from you just now. <laughs> but uh, any shot, he's just going to stick around. Should, should they consider starting with Mason next year? No, 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 no. Surely not. No, I mean, he says I'm ready. Okay, okay. We said, I think we said, <laughs> yeah. That. yeah, it's good that you're ready. I like the passion on the touchline. This is his club as well, so fair enough. But I don't, I don't see them giving him the job. No. There would be such a roll of dice from Daniel I mean, Levy if you yeah. do that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Spurs. How about some quick hits instead? Go, Gav. Jules, we have a new leader in the Premier League. There's a shock. Manchester City beat Fulham 2-1, which means they have a one-point lead and a game in hand. Yeah, that's right. Gabby at Craven Cottage. Um, They consider going again. I mean, I don't know if that's... Something they should worry about or not. They could have uh, conceded more. They could have scored more. They could have conceded more. Yeah, right? definitely. Definitely. It was quite an open game. Maybe more than you would have thought so. so I, I know they showed big. a lot of resilience <clears throat> in this game. Because a, a, a two, one, we, we take it for granted. But like, it's not a good team they play against. There's no Mitrovic. It's not a good team. But it's fine. It's still a, team, it's still a top 10 team in the Premier okay, League. But they should have been more in control than what they were. 
exactly. And but I think that's a credit to Fulham, and I think also, yeah, I I think Pep actually, even though people take it for for granted, they're going to win every game from here to the end, and the season's over. I think Pep knows how easy it is to drop points. Yeah, and, maybe. You know, it took an Alvarez one amazing goal. goal, amazing goal from and Ederson at the end. Yeah, very lucky yeah, yeah, not yeah. to uh, not to concede a penalty and get himself sent off. That's very true. Again, so a good win in the end because it was a very important one, especially after the uh, the demonstration against Arsenal. But yeah, there's clearly some work still to be done, which is a good thing for us as well. And that penalty scored by Erling Haaland was his 50th goal of the season. Gab, he's already made history. Uh, he has. It's his 34th league goal, which means he yeah. equal, equals. Um, the the Premier League record, which was held by Andy Cole and uh, and Alan Shearer, does it in a lot less games. Uh, obviously, since his since football in this country began in 1992, we don't need to tell you that uh, the actual record is 60 goals. Yeah, uh, he probably won't hit 60 nope. in the league this season. Uh, although with that guy, who knows? Uh, but I want to focus on the 50 goals in all competitions. Robert Lewandowski's done it twice. Luis Suarez has done it once. I don't. And obviously Messi yeah. and Cristiano both did it six times. This guy's done it age 22. I don't know if there's somebody else who's hit 50 goals in the last kind of 20, 30 years. I don't think there is other than those four. I mean, there may no, be. No, I don't think there is either. Um, this is pretty unbelievable. It is crazy. And I think he's still, he's still in time as well, depending how many he scored at the end of the season, to have 50 goals without penalties this season. So if you take out the you penalties... You dive deeper in the which, stats. Yeah, which I think only Suarez and Messi have done, ever. So score 50 goals with no penalties. I mean, you could have Don't scored more. Don't say that. Cristiano Ronaldo fans are going to come after no, you. No, no, but it's true. But it's, that doesn't take anything away from Cristiano. But it's just that 50 goals in a season, so non-penalty, 50 right. goals, non-penalties, um, just, it's just Suarez and Messi. And if he does that on his first season... And the only thing is, I was thinking about it the other day. This, this surely is just the beginning, Right. Because in those 50, you need to take in consideration the fact that he had to adapt in a way to a new team, a new league. He's still quite young. There was a lot of changing in his own life, you know, moving from Germany to England, blah, blah, blah. So really, surely next season should be a better one because there won't be any of that to go through. City will have would be used to play with him, him with City. There'll probably be a better team even if they sign Bellingham, for example. So what? what's next after that? Should I, I mean, you could also make the point, and it's the one my Bundesliga, our Bundesliga fanatic colleagues would make, make that, well, you went to an easier league to score, and so you scored more goals. Oh. No, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, just kidding. All right, let's take a trip to Absurdistan, a.k.a. Oh. the Parc de Prince. Jules, I don't know where to begin with that defeat to Lorient. Is it Ashraf Hakimi's completely needless red card? Yeah. Is it Kylian Mbappe's goal where the, where the goalkeeper puts the ball down for no reason, <laughs> thinking it's a goal kick or something? Or is it Lorient's third? I don't know. I mean, yeah, the Akimi red card is completely pointless, and that was after 20 minutes. Uh, the Mbappe goal is, is incredible, really, because Mvogo, the Lorient goalkeeper, has the ball in his hands because PSG just attacked. Kylian almost scored, almost pretty much. But Lorient's keeper and the player think that the referee has given a free kick for them. Right. So he puts the ball on the floor to take the free kick, except that the referee hasn't given anything. Yeah. If, if so, the whistle doesn't go, it's not a free kick. So yeah. Mbappé takes the ball, put it in an empty net. Yeah. Lorient go mad. They're saying like, hang on, we heard you blowing your whistle. And the referee said, no, I didn't. So I can't take away the goal. I have to allow the goal. I can't disallow it because I didn't give anything. And then the third goal, PSG are 2-1 down. They've just luckily escaped the third one. 
And they go <laughs> for a corner. Everybody's uh, not. Oh, I don't even want to. Finally, Verratti has the ball. Verratti, the the player who's on the ball should never be the last player on the, the last pitch. man. No, nope. literally everybody, every single player except for Donnarumma is ahead of him. So when he loses the ball, it's just a mad scramble back. I mean, it's horrendous. Terrible. Uh, this PSG team is a terrible team. This is the worst team. <laughs> With the worst manager since the QSI took takeover. No party in Naples. I put the shirt just because we still love them. And it's a matter of day. Because they drew 1-1 with Salernitana. And they would have to wait to celebrate their third title, Gab. They were champions for 22 minutes before the Bulaidia goal. Yeah, well done, Salernitana. It is a local derby. It means yeah. Salernitana. Salernitana are, are, are safe um, from relegation. Bulaidia coming in. Great goal. Great move off the beating, beating of Seaman coming inside. Tremendous goal. Yeah. It's all right. I think they're going to win it midweek. Yeah. We have new league leaders in the Bundesliga too. Oh. Bayern Munich beat cellar dweller Hertha 2-0 to leapfrog Borussia Dortmund by a point. Tuchel's not a great performance. No. The goal's coming towards the end. And even boos at halftime. Yeah, Tuchel said this is what happens when you're solo in confidence. It's hard. It's hard to play. It's hard to... Okay, I, I understand the lack of confidence bit. I get it. Uh, when you haven't played that great, you, don't have, you haven't, haven't won much. But surely, I mean, Elta is so bad. And I know they're going to play so deep. And Tuchel also moan about that. He said, oh, it's so against a, a deep team like that. It's so hard. Okay, two amazing passes. And we have to give it credit to him to Joshua, from Joshua Kimmich, who has not had a good season. But those two moments of genius, really. The one for Gnabry is probably even better than the one for Coman. Uh, basically, Beda is team. That's what happened. I, I also want to say 2.7 XG. Chill out a little bit. Bayern fans will boo at halftime. I know you're angry. Yeah, but like... But come on, man. I know. As we mentioned, Borussia Dortmund dropped points uh, on Friday night against Bochum and they drew 1-1. But Gab, there's a ton of controversy over that penalty not awarded for Danilo Suarez. Challenge on Karim Adeyemi and especially the admission that it was a mistake from the German FA and referee Sasha Stagerman. Yeah, so first of all, it is very obviously a penalty. It was not reviewed so by, by VAR. It was really bizarre what happened. Um, Stegemann made, I'm not saying he made the mistake, he's done this before. And I want to see, I want to encourage referees to come forward and, and admit when they make yeah, mistakes. Yeah, they do that a lot in Germany. They go to, what's that, Doppelpass or whatever that yeah. show on Sunday? Now, what's not clear to me here, though, is that you come out, you also need to explain to me why did VAR not intervene and the other thing is this could decide the title and if this ends up being in the end you know there's 101 reasons why Dortmund lose a title but this is the only admission of a mistake so it becomes a central figure he's already had he's under police protection he's had he's had death threats from 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 the usual crazies out there I, I I'm really conflicted about whether he was right to come out and admit his mistake and because I, I need to know a lot more about how the mistake came about if you're going to come out and admit the mistake. Yeah, you no, I, see think, like, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good thing. It's always good to be honest and transparent. I don't, I don't see how that can be negative. It's just that it's just such an obvious one, this one. If it was not that obvious, but this is yeah. so obvious that it almost makes it worse to say like, yeah. He, I, he said something I like, I thought Adeyemi initiated the contact, yeah. but then I looked at it and he did and I had a sleepless night. Okay, but like, you know, that could cause them the title. Manchester United roll past Aston Villa, 1-0. Jules, how'd they look? I thought at times they looked really good. I, we, I think they're tired with, with 
expressed that before, we explained it before. It could have been very different towards the end because there's some big chances. Douglas Ruiz, especially at the end, he clipped the crossbar, should have scored. Um, and they could also have scored more. Rashford had the big one earlier on. Yeah, when I go really to make say, like, when is Rashford coming back? But you know, he, that was not so a good game for him. So, so he didn't play on the left hand side. He plays as a, as a number nine with Sabitzer almost as a second striker, which Ten Hag loves. We saw that for Gensberg and Sevilla in the first leg. We saw that a few times now with that kind of Sabitzer really high on the pitch position. Right. I don't know if he works. I think that. Casemiro had an amazing game and he, he, he's at the start of the goal because he's his header on the goal kick from Martinez that sends um, Rashford 1v1 and then Bruno on the rebound. But I'm not really sure that Sabitzer position really works, to be fair. Yeah, I thought this was a big win also considering yes. the form that Villa were in. I think, you know, oh, yeah, him some credit. Yeah. And Gab, more United... Uh, please update us on uh, the saga of the club saying. We'll do this all in one go just to get it over with. Uh, the deadline, as you know, is Friday night. The deadline, which is yeah. an imaginary deadline yeah. uh, set up by Rain. Uh, obviously, we don't know the exact value of the bids, but we know the spin that the different PR people are putting on it. Supposedly, both the Qataris uh, and uh, SJR uh, offered more than uh, Not much more than the last bid, right? More than $5 billion. Not no, much more. With Sir Jim, the value it's a five billion valuation, but he's not getting a hundred percent of the club, right? And in one scenario, as we told you on Thursday, the Glazers would still have a minority share. Um, I generally don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I wonder if we're going to wait for the fourth anyway. deadline now. Um, but two interesting things here: Rain. Uh, who, are, who are handling the to sale have asked the bidder to name the beneficial owner. This is a legal term that means in the end, who is in control. Now, obviously, if it's Sir Jim, it's going to be him. If it's the Qataris, they legally they, they can't have somebody pretend. Oh, look, you know, it's uh, it's 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 it's, it's Mohammed from Doha. When in fact, the money comes from somebody higher up, like the Emir or whatever. Yeah. So they have to be more transparent about it. That is a good thing. Whether the Premier League will then care or not, I don't know, because Premier League is going to do what the Premier League does. Other thing is. There was a big protest um, from United fans. Uh, they came in 18 minutes late to yeah. signify the 18 years of Glazers at the club. Uh, Glazers still no more popular. No. Real Madrid beat Almeria 4-2. And a certain French striker bags a hat trick. Jules, that means you get to say something you love to say. Kareem the Dream. I mean, third hat trick in April after the Valladolid one and the Barcelona one. Incredible. Incredible performance again from him. We're going to go back again on the fact that since the turn of the year or since the return of the World Cup, he's been in incredible form. Three hat-tricks in April. Yeah, I've just said that, but you were not listening. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I even named who against who. He said he scored them. This is good. I think he knows the Champions League is coming back soon as well, and I get the best out of him. Well done, Karim. And well done, Real Madrid. I mean, this was easy. Okay, I get that. Uh, and Rodrigo was fantastic again. But yeah, well done. What the sweet little Rodrigo move to oh, set yeah. up. The- yeah, it was fantastic. Nice. Inter, meanwhile, come from behind to be Lazio 3-1 with three goals in the last 13 minutes. Gab, what did you learn? I learned Inter are good. Inter are actually good. They're actually They're playing, playing really well. well. They really played. Well. I forget the fact that Lazio took the lead. They, it was they kept mistake, creating yeah. chances. And so on. Um, Lautaro coming on, you know, he gets the headlines. Lukaku with the, with, with the two assists. Uh, I think Inter are in a really, really yeah, good place right now. Having said that, you know, 
two good games in a row. Can they make it three? This is Inter we're talking about. Yeah. So who knows? Barcelona beat up Betis 4-0, which is easier to do when you play an hour with an yeah. extra man, as was the case on Saturday. Yeah. Jules Robert Lewandowski scored in back-to-back league games for the Woo-hoo! first time since October. He has a two-goal lead in the Pichichi standings over your boy Benzema. Who's your yeah. money on? Kareem the Dream, of course. This is not going to last from Lewandowski. But this was a really good win, as you said. 11 men against 10. Uh, Betis never really in the game at all. Uh, Usman Dembele finally coming back after three months out, which is good news. Yeah, just uh, in time for nothing. No, for nothing. Okay. But, you know, yeah, like, just, just checking. And then, which watching the game, I almost I put a tweet out, and then I almost tagged you in the tweet, but I didn't. Because I know you won't care, but Lamine Yamal, who is 15, made his Barcelona debut, becoming really the scored. youngest ever Barcelona player, younger than Messi, younger than Ansu Fati, younger than anybody else. Uh, almost caught he had that chance. And I was a bit disappointed. I'm going to be harsh on him because he's this wonder kid. That he hit it with his, with his he two-poked it. Instead of maybe doing something different and could have scored. Um, but still, amazing this is why for him and his family for Barcelona, is, Xavi. This is why I do not need a 15-year-old playing professional football. Because... People like Jules will go and criticize his. I'm techniques. not criticizing him. I'm just saying. So like, you're disappointed. He could, yeah, because if I would right. have loved him to score right. a goal right. on his debut, right. he could have done it differently. Anyway, watch stuff in the internal city. Gab Jose Mourinho's Roma get what they thought was an injury time winner with Tammy Abraham only for Alexis Salemakos to get the equalizer for Milan in the six minute of injury time. Wild stuff, incredible. Jules. I mean, the rest of the game was rubbish. The rest this of the was game really, was, was really too bad. Much was that. Uh, but everybody's injured for Roma. They have like seven players oh, no. out. Uh, it is so, so tight. Three teams tied for fourth place, uh, Inter, Roma, and Milan. Uh, Newcastle United also come from behind, beating Southampton 3-1 with Callum Wilson coming off the bench to bag two. Jules, we'll see them in the Champions League. We next will, year. and well-deserved, Gab. I think they, they really had a really great season. They deserve to be there the first time since 2002 that they're going to qualify for the Champions League. That process is doing well. Well done to all of them. Juventus missed a chance to go second. Uh, they held 1-1 in Bologna. But yeah, what's going on with VR? Again. So, the, <laughs> so basically, the problem was the screen wasn't working. So, <laughs> so. so basically, the, the referee couldn't go and review things. So he trusted. So basically, what VAR was like in the first couple of years since it was introduced yeah. in the Premier League. Uh, Juventus... I thought actually had a reasonably good game, especially the youngsters driving them. Good to see Allegri giving them uh, playing time in this game. If you want a genuine horror show, uh, go and check out Milik's penalty, which he missed. Oh, God, yeah. Would have given them the point. He redeemed himself, to be fair. Horrendous. We have new Coupe de France Yay! champions, Jules. Toulouse destroying Nantes 5-1 to celebrate their first major trophy in a long, long time. <laughs> unless you count their... Uh, uh, the, 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 all the time they've won Ligue 2 yeah no the, the, the other one is another French Cup back in uh, 1957 so well done to them uh, 24 years before Paris Saint-Germain was founded ah uh-huh. uh-huh. sorry 14 uh, years yeah yeah less than that even <laughs> incredible really incredible um, they were 4-0 up at half time which is the the, the, the the biggest like score gap if you want uh, in, a, in a cup final Nantes have now lost the 1973, 1983, 1993 and 2023 finals in the Cup. It was, it was just one team on the pitch and Toulouse scored really early. Two goals on set pieces from Logan Costa, who's a player, fascinating gab. He's a Paris born and bred player, which is really good, a centre-back, who's only played pretty much this season in the French Cup. 
because the two cent- the two starters centre back in the league, a bit like a goalkeeper, have never been injured, never missed almost anything for Toulouse, so they've played every single minute pretty much. So Costa is a really good young centre half, a bit like a reserve goalkeeper, only only did with the French Cup basically where he was playing. But he's played every single game, scored two goals in the final in Saint Denis where he grew up, which is an amazing story in itself. And then for Nantes, and both centre halves are fit. Yeah, but he's just like the, I think the. I get it like, when you have that policy with a keeper. Maybe you're superstitious or whatever, but it doesn't make much sense to me because then I think they wanted to out, give him gap so. time because he's really promising. So they thought the Coupe de France is a good, but maybe they never thought they would go that far. Okay, but now they know that they're going to avoid relegation. So why not play this dude in the league? Yeah, I guess. I right. guess. Okay, maybe we play now. It's a wonderful story. Right. In what was quite a toxic final, Macron was there, but he didn't want to say. You know, usually they say the president, whoever that is, say hello to the players on the pitch. He knew that it would create chaos in the stadium because everybody would boo and boo and boo. So he did it in the near the dressing room in the tunnel, which was really weird. It was a strange final, but in the end, well done to Toulouse. None of the players booed him, right? As far as we know. No. Okay. <laughs> Imagine, that would have been even better. But Gab, Toulouse are owned by Redbird Red Capital, uh, who also happen to own AC Milan. And Toulouse are not qualified for the Europa League next season, and it is very likely that the Rossoneri will also qualify for Europe, potentially for the Europa League. So what would happen if they both qualify for the Europa League? And even if they qualify for the Champions League, of course, yeah. they could drop into the Europa League exactly. later. So, uh, I don't know. This is, this is a really, really good test. Now, when it happened last time around with Leipzig and Salzburg, uh, essentially, uh, they went and they basically made Salzburg kind of reorganize themselves yeah. in the relationship with the sponsors and so on. Um, I don't know if you can do no, this you can now. do that here. And also... In the case of um, of UEFA, you heard Cheffrin's words about um, about multi club ownership uh, yeah, in the context that. of Paris Saint Germain and uh, Manchester United. Yeah. If Qatari's win, he said, "Well, we have to see." Blah blah blah. I would get out in front of this right now and come up with some sort of rule. There, you don't necessarily have to ban one of the two, yeah. but. You know, you maybe created dispensation. They only mean the final, or or whatever. You find a way, a way to do that, or you rewrite the rules. Because otherwise, from where I'm sitting, you, you know, and, and they haven't rewritten the rules because the rules weren't super clear before. Yeah. Um, so this, this is a, another thing yeah. that we're going to have to keep our eye on. Definitely. Marseille are still alive, Jules. Yeah. They come from behind to be Angers two one. Angers who needed the points Auxerre. to stay up. Auxerre. Sorry, Auxerre. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of Angers because of the uh, cup final that they lost six three. Nineteen fifty three was it? Seven. Nineteen fifty seven. Masterclass. And they're five points behind Paris Saint Germain. Um, you're getting a little nervous. Of course I am because as I said before, this PSG team we is the worst. Anything could happen. It's the, exactly, it's the worst that we've seen in in recent years with the worst manager that I don't even to say his name. The Marseille guy, I'm going to call him. Uh, well done to Marseille because they were a goal down and I mean it would have been a miracle for Auxerre to win that game at the Velodrome uh, packed with TIFOs and choreography that was wonderful and again Alexis Sanchez who's been so good for them uh, this is his highest goal scoring important. total yeah, in, in very important. and you know what I watch him play and he's so good he's 34 and he's so good he's so above everybody else in that league I mean you know apart from the big, big stars, but everybody else, it's, it's, it's just wonderful to see. And every run, every touch, first touch, he's intelligent, the football IQ, the energy that he has at that edge is amazing to see. Such a great example. Bit of love too for The Undertaker, no? 
Ja, ja, han tænker sig under. Ja, hus stille bedt en mester times, but good in this game. Next weekend is huge loss against Marseille, which will be the kind of playoff final if you want for second and and third place. If Lens beat Toulouse, or if Marseille win, they keep the title hopes alive. And and that as well, or even Lens if they beat Marseille and PSG. So it's going to be great. And five games to go. It's 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 almost the kind of Final sprint that you would want for Liga, not if you're a PSG fan. Can we call Chengiz under the poor man's Faradskelia? You can, although it's not the same foot, not the same wing. You know. The poor man's Harvey Barnes. <laughs> oh my God, that's even what? Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the Did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Atletico Madrid win 5-2 away to Valladolid and are just two points behind Real Madrid. Gab, will they finish second first? And how good was my boy again, Antoine Griezmann? Uh, Griezmann chose not to score in this game. Hey, oh. He simply dished out magic. Just um, like I mean, he's, he's completely on fire. He is, so he is so far ahead of everybody else in La Liga this season, mm. I think, in terms of performances. This game was actually really, really tight because... Atletico Madrid raced out to 3-0, but yeah. you know, this isn't your daddy's Atletico Madrid. Valladolid getting back into it, Escudero uh, making it uh, 3-2, and then they added those goals at the end in, in garbage time. Shout out to Memphis Depay. Oh, great goal. Uh, the little shimmy oh, at the end for the goal. Great. Now, it's easy to do when it's a fifth goal and a 5-2 win. Fine. But uh, but still, no. And they're, they're two points behind Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, you know, and people, it's funny, people are saying like, oh, like, can they, can they pip them to second place? I can tell you this. Real Madrid couldn't care less if they finish second or third. I, I assure okay, you. you don't think Atletico if... Madrid care a lot. Okay, if they finish third behind Atletico Madrid and get knocked out by seeing the semifinal, mm-hmm. this is not a good... Se- and, and, and I mean, yeah. let's we'll see what happens in the Copa del Rey final. They might be Osasuna, they might not. This is not a good season, right? Yeah, it doesn't become a good season if they finish second. Uh, no, it, but it's, it's better still, than finishing third because I'd behind you are rivals. I guarantee you, it does not impact I one thing. I'm not so sure. Because the damage has been done because you're going to finish a million points behind Barcelona. Case closed. Right. Leipzig stayed two points behind Freiburg with a 1-0 win over Hoffenheim. Jules, how nice is it to see oh, your so boy nice. Christopher Nkunku back? Yeah, so nice. Called the winning goal, of course. He's got... So why are we now? He's got six... No, four weeks. A little bit more than four weeks left. Uh... Leipzig, then he will go, obviously, to Chelsea. The best thing he can do is qualify them for the Champions League. You said they're two points behind Freiburg. Uh, they can still, obviously, make that top four finish. He's been, they've been missing him massively because of all the injuries that he's had before the World Cup, etc., etc. He hasn't been, really been at his best. 
and having a consistent run in the team. So now what he can do is continue like the one we saw the weekend where he was really good with that winning goal and then take them to the Champions League and then say goodbye, thank you for everything because they, they, you know, they were massive in his career to get where he got now and to get that move to Chelsea. That would be a great finish, I think, great finale to his career at Leipzig. German police raided Bayern's offices last week as part of an investigation into Alicia Uzmanov. Remember him? The reason for fans to be concerned, Gav? I don't think Bayern fans should be concerned. German authorities coming out and saying this is really nothing to do with, with Bayern. Um, they're investigating Uzmanov. For those who don't know, Uzmanov is a, a former uh, Arsenal shareholder. I think yeah. he was the second biggest shareholder yeah. uh, at Arsenal at the time. Then he sold his shares and then... His uh, his friend, shall we call him that? Yeah, I think that's uh, Farhad Mashiri became the owner of Everton yeah, maybe entirely with help. his money. No help whatsoever from <laughs> Usmanov. Although, funny enough, Usmanov became a big Everton fan because just like he, that. he sponsored the training. Who the yeah. hell sponsors a training ground? Seriously. And a few of his companies uh, as well. Where, yeah. uh, you know, and it turns out uh, he's also tight with Vladimir Putin. So he was, uh, he was sanctioned by the government, which means Everton aren't getting that money right now. Yeah. Um, but he's a resident in, in Germany, apparently, and he allegedly hasn't filed his taxes. He's neighbors with Uli Hoeneß over near the, the, the Tegensee. Um, and the connection, the Bayern connection seems to be that he's Uli Hoeneß's neighbor, and Uli Hoeneß uh, gave him free Champions League VIP tickets to go watch Bayern in Munich. Now, this to me seems very, very spurious. Yeah. Seems to me like it's almost unfairly dragging Hernes into Bayern's this name and Bayern's name into yeah. it. Uh, look, the guy at the time was the second biggest shareholder of one of the biggest clubs in North London, yeah. Arsenal, right? Yeah. So if I'm Ernie Hernes and I'm the god of Bayern, hey, look, here's another football guy. I'll give him VIP tickets because that's how they, how yeah. they roll. It's, it's, pretty, people, it's yeah. pretty freaking normal. So I... I don't know. We'll see what's uncovered. If this guy was fiddling his taxes in Germany, given all the money he has, then he's an idiot as well. But <laughs> that's a whole other issue. <laughs> Union Berlin hold Bayer Leverkusen oh. to a scoreless draw and stay third in the Bundesliga. Jules, I know you really don't want to celebrate anything about Union no, Berlin. No, definitely not. That was such a bad game. <laughs> so let me just ask you. Uh, Tabi Alonso has done a wonderful job yeah. since coming in. But was that his last realistic shot at the Champions not. League this season? Yeah, I hope not. He felt suddenly on paper... Eight uh, points. Before, yeah, eight points lot. is a lot. But he felt like, okay, they win this and then they even have more of a shot. It's going to be very difficult now. It's not impossible completely, but they need everything to go their way, basically. It was a game where they, never, they were never really at their best to break down this Union team who clearly were playing for the draw, which was, for them, perfect. Uh, and, and, and just got it. I think the XG was so like 0.6, 0.7 for both. It was really, really bad. Just don't go and watch the highlight. There's not much of a highlight anyway. Angel Di Maria pulled out of Juventus' trip to Bologna this weekend with an injury that he coincidentally picked up Gab after discovering that he was going to be on the bench for that game. I mean, come on. Okay, so a couple things here. So first of all, when this gets reported that he picked up the injury after he found that he was on the bench. Uh, that comes from the club. So the club wants you to know this. Yeah. So the club is sending you a message. Yeah, they're not happy, and rightly so. You would not. Or that they're not happy, yeah. that Max Allegri isn't happy, and that I think they're preparing for life without Di Maria. And I'll tell you what, Di Maria 
for his moments of scale that he's had doesn't move the needle. I think he was a, he was a bad signing because of his age. Oh, that's harsh. No, he's a bad signing because of the money you have to pay him, because of his age, because of the fact that he gets injured all the time. You know his playing, you know the number of games he started no, at, no, at, but... at, at Paris Saint-Germain. And the difference is that at Paris Saint-Germain, hey, Mbappe and Neymar draw all the attention and then that messy fella comes too, then it's easy for me to shine because nobody's looking at me. At Juve, with the big stars injured, with Pogba injured and, and Chiesa injured and whatever, he has to go and carry the team. Sometimes he did it, sometimes he didn't. Still, I think, a big waste of money. Time for Juve to move on from these types of signings. Paul Mitchell is leaving Monaco and is being linked to the Chelsea sporting director oh, job. Jules, uh, you can't ever have enough sporting directors or <laughs> sporting director types, recruitment types, or former Red Bull guys. No, no, I, honestly. Vivelle, Lauren Stewart, it's not possible. Um, Win Stanley, who's not a former Red Bull guy, no, but but I'm sure he probably drinks Red Bull and watches yeah. that Red Bull race where they fall out of the skies by a big Red Bull F1 fan. Uh, now, this isn't going to happen. Why would Paul Mitchell do this? I don't know. I, I mean, really I, don't it makes know. sense this if you're going to fire all these other dudes and put brain. him in charge, but... I don't know. I mean, Lawrence Short obviously worked for him in Monaco, uh, with him, with him, for him, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't but know. But he what just got promoted doing. to sport. What are you going to call him? Like Uber, like chief of football? I don't. I don't know. Like, there's surely no more titles left available uh, for another guy who would do the same thing as the other guys who were already there. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's, he's very talented. I think there's clubs who want him. He feels like his time at Monaco. Can come to an end. It's a complete mess right now. They keep losing games. They were battered 4 0 by Montpellier the weekend. He's kind of he's still there to prepare for the guy who's coming after him. I think he will choose him too. But it's just not. It's adding to what's bad at Monaco right now, I think. The fact that he's still there. Philippe Clement is there, but he's not going to be there next season. We're pretty, pretty convinced about it now. You know what this sounds like? You know, all the Pochettino to Chelsea is a done deal. Uh, Paul Mitchell and Pochettino, of course. So they worked together at Southampton, yeah. they worked together at Spurs. Um, just for the record, because I want to make this very, very clear, there's this idea that like they're great mates and Pochettino launched his career. Mitchell actually signed for Spurs before That's they signed right. Pochettino. Um, he didn't. He arrived later because he had gardening leave um, and you know contractual uh, obligations. Um, and remember, Mitchell also left Spurs while Pochettino was there. Yeah. So I don't take it as read that these people are joined at the hip, which is why I don't really believe this story. I don't, I, I don't think... Also... How much is Bowley going to spend on recruitment guys? <laughs> yeah, because they must be on big, big money as well, those guys. When Stanley was hired because he was with Potter at Brighton, right? Right. So you, you can't always hire a sporting director at some point to add to another one because your new coach had him before. It just doesn't make any sense like that either. It's not how you structure. Yeah, I, I don't think. I, can, can we? Can we? I know. I know. Boldly surprised us many different ways. But, but I'm sure he's listening. We're gonna. Yeah, Todd, him, Todd. We're giving you the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah. You, we don't believe you're gonna do this. No, we believe in you. You're better than that. Next weekend is the coronation of King Charles here in the United Kingdom and the Premier League has club to play the national anthem before games, before Premier League games, as a sign of respect. Gab, what could possibly go wrong? Could possibly go wrong is... It gets booed everywhere? I don't think it would get booed everywhere, but certainly in, in, in certain, certain stadiums where there is there's a strong sense uh, that... The country should be a republic and not a monarchy. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Liverpool, the obvious example. Now, if it was a different national anthem, 
with different lyrics, it might be different. But the anthem literally is God Save the King. Yeah. So when you put this to a fan base, Liverpool fans, of course, have booed the national anthem before. Most recently, I think it was the FA Cup at Wembley. They don't often, for those who don't know, they don't usually play the national anthem uh, before before matches. Yeah, never. Uh, no, no, really, just the really, FA Cup right. final, I, th- I think. Yeah, yeah just, yeah, sorry, just in the FA Cup. Never uh, in the league. And it's one thing now they didn't boo it when when I think they they played it after after the Queen died, but you know that was somebody passing, yeah, um, or somebody majority didn't boo. But this is different. This is literally we're celebrating a new king in front of a fan base in a city where a lot of people don't think there should be a king at all. Uh, this is this seems like stupid and be. needless to do for the Premier League asking the clubs to do this. If clubs want to do it, if they think it's a good idea, fine. But, you know, asking them to do it, suggesting they should do them, it just puts them in a different spot. Because yeah. if you're Liverpool, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. It's quite the ill-tempered Dutch Cup oh, final yeah. between Ajax and PSV, Jules. Uh, it goes to penalties. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of brawls. Luke de Jong, by Fights the way. all the time, yeah. In fuego, man. Yeah, completely. Uh, PSV win it. I don't think I've ever seen so many penalties <laughs> hit the woodwork. No, you're right. I mean, the, the final in itself was not very good. The atmosphere was incredible. This season in, in Holland has been incredible anyway. In the league with Feyenoord, Feyenoord in Europe too. Um, Alkmaar in Europe, in, in the Cup too. We remember the semi-final between Ajax and Feyenoord and what happened to Klassen. Then this yeah. final, obviously big rivalries between all of those clubs. Uh, and then he goes to Penn after finish 1-1. And five, yeah, five penalty takers missed, which was incredible out of the 10. Was uh, it like three hit the woodwork? Three hit the woodwork, that's right. Fabio Silva, who's on loan from Wolves to PSV, scoring the, the winning penalty right at the end. Uh, yeah, just, just incredible. Really incredible. Yeah, I... I, I... Fabio Silva. <laughs> I'd forgotten. The, it's only like a few weeks or a month ago that I, real, I realized he was there. It was, but it was, it was amazing. I was like, Sevilla in the in the in the in Europe. Remember how much they spent? They they, they, yeah. they they paid for him too. Well, good luck for him. Former Juventus and Tottenham sporting director Fabio Baratici has had his worldwide ban partially overturned by FIFA. Gab, there's a fault in the system. Okay, so I was asked to raise this, and people may not care about this, but I think it's interesting to show you still how, <laughs> I mean, how, how, how like screwed up the system is, right? So he was banned in Italy because of the Juventus case. Now it's not a full ban; it is a ban. It's called it's called an inhibition uh, in in Italy, where it, where it's it's a legal term where you're not completely banned. You can still work for a football club. Uh, there's certain things you cannot do, but you can still you can negotiate contracts, but you can't sign them. Uh, it's kind of stupid, frankly. Yeah. Um, so when the Italian FA wrote to FIFA and said, hey, we've just banned this dude. You guys, please extend his ban worldwide, which FIFA normally do almost automatically. Yeah. Um, FIFA either didn't look or the FA didn't tell them that, hey, it's not a complete ban. It's simply an inhibition. So he can work for us. He can continue he can. working yeah, in yeah. football. You just can't do certain things. Um, this to me is just a reminder of how there's different jurisdictions, different rules. The upshot is, if you're out there and you want to hire Fabio Paratici for your if you're club, looking for someone, you Chelsea, for example, he can't sign paper. Yeah, Chelsea, if you know the <laughs> recruitment guy, he won't be able to sign the paperwork, but he can do he can do the scouting, scouting he can do the, the other calls, stuff, he yeah. can negotiate things. Yeah, uh, you know, most of what these people do is just answer WhatsApps and watch games anyway. <laughs> so uh, he's a, he's allowed to do that. No, look. Uh, 
who knows? There's one. There's another appeal. You could get bent for oh, other stuff. Yeah. But and, and obviously he's he's left his post uh, at Tottenham anyway. But I think it's fair that we tell people because yeah. you know I this this stuck into you. This story not picked up anywhere. No. Bids are in for the 2027 Women's World Cup jewels. Yeah, you know what they are. Yeah. We have from CONCACAF, it's Mexico and the U.S. From Europe, it's Belgium, Germany, and Holland. From Africa, it's South Africa. And from Brazil, it's, sorry, from South America. (laughs) Brazil's pretty much a continent. It's pretty much. From South America, it's Brazil. Who you got? I mean, I... Who you want? I would love to, for Brazil or South Africa. I don't know exactly the ins and outs of the two bids. South Africa, remember, we were there in 2010 for the Men's World Cup. Uh, I don't think that, I think many of those stadiums have never been used since. Probably, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what exactly the situation is there. I would love. I would love the women's World Cup to go to Brazil. I won't lie. Uh, not just because this Brazilian team seems to be on the up again right now, but I think it would be very important for South America. We all we are here for football to go into different parts yeah. of the country, not always in North America or in Europe, for example. France had the 2019 World Cup. I think it would be unfair for Europe to have it again. So Just close, eight years later. Yeah, so close to the one in 2019. Um, and Brazil are completely capable of organizing a Women's World Cup. So, right. yeah, that would be my pick. What about you? Uh, selfishly, in terms of uh, holiday destinations, I'm going to put Belgium, Germany, and Holland, at least over the summer, in uh, dead last place out of these four. <laughs> no. It shouldn't be Mexico and the U.S. because they have the Men's World Cup exactly. in 2026. Right, simple as, case closed. Um I think you make a great point about the stadium. It's not just South Africa, which has white elephant stadiums, as, yeah. as they call them. Um, it's frankly, it's it's Brazil too. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, the stadium in, in Brasilia, the stadium in, in Cuiabá. Uh, you know, they they put stadiums in places where obviously football's huge all over Brazil, but club football isn't huge all no. over Brazil. So they put the stadium hoping to develop hasn't quite worked out. But there's good infrastructure. It's already there. Uh, there's a strong Brazilian uh, women's team, yeah, obviously, there isn't a strong South African women's team. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, maybe there will be. Maybe. Maybe this will help. Uh, I would vote South Africa. Uh, actually, I would go. I, w- I would go with South Africa first, and then Brazil yes. second. Um, but but we'll see. I I what I don't want to see. I really don't want to see. So all these prize money people or, or 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 FIFA coming out and saying, oh well, we didn't make enough money off 2023 World Cup. Let's go with the U.S. and Mexico because that's easy. Yeah. Because we're going to make a ton of money in U.S. and Mexico, and then look, we can give more prize money to. We can increase the, increase the prize money like we pledged. I would hate for that to be the discrimination. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Something called the Union of European Clubs was formed last week in Brussels. Gab, what is it, and why does it matter? So why does it matter? I don't know that it will matter. Um, <laughs> what is it is basically it's another bureaucratic body, which, of course, um, football needs. But it represents – so there's about 1,400 professional clubs in Europe. Uh, there's 200-odd that are represented by the ECA, the European Club Association. Yeah. So those are all, the, um, those are all the, the, the biggest clubs that regularly play European competition. But, of course, there's another 1,000 clubs, more than 1,000 clubs out there. And so they've formed kind of a lobby group. Although it's weird because it's partially funded by La Liga and Javier Tebas. I'm not really clear why. I kind of yeah. feel like, dude, you represent Tebas, the league I know, and you represent the clubs yeah. as well. Um, I, I guess they're going to... Some of, the, some of the ideas that have been put out is that maybe clubs that don't participate in European competitions should get money from UEFA too. Yeah. And I kind of feel like 
Why? I know. I mean, I, I know everybody needs money and solidarity and all this stuff, but there's really solidarity payments. And ultimately, and I say this all the time, the thing about football is your biggest expense is players. Spend less in wages, yeah. and, and you can break even. Not that hard. Jules, an ugly story out of Brazil where the Corinthians coach Cuca has resigned over a rape conviction back in 1987. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he resigned after seven days, I think it was, uh, two games in charge uh, because of the, the outrage of public opinion and everybody else in Brazil that made his position untenable, which was the right thing to do. It was a long time ago, you're right, that rape, rape conviction in, in Switzerland. Basically, Cuca was a player before... Uh, they went to Switzerland uh, to play a couple of matches. A girl, a 13-year-old girl, came to the hotel. She wanted a football shirt. She ended up in a room there with four of the players, including Kuka and three others. They went to jail. They spent time in jail in Switzerland, and they went back to Brazil. They couldn't be extra- extradited. Extradited. Extradited, that's how you say. So they stayed in Brazil. I think um, Kuka himself thought that this was all forgotten now. All gone, but they were conv- they were convicted. They never served his yeah. sentence after being exactly. convicted because there were there was no extradition at the time between Switzerland and Brazil. And then when he was appointed as the coach of Corinthians, then this all came out again. Uh, the Me Too uh, movement, protest, all of that, and yeah, seven days. Yeah, I don't even know why they appointed him. I mean, everybody knows about his story in Brazil. Why did they appoint him in the first place, anyway? I guess they didn't imagine that there would be there would be this level of, of, of outrage, but I think things have changed. You know, Corinthians have a, have a women's team. They they, they made a yep. statement as well. Uh, and look, ultimately, I think he. I mean, we we have to say this. He he denied the allegations. Yeah. He still denies the allegations. But ultimately, if a court of law finds you guilty then I think you have to keep fighting the allegations. You can't just flee the country exactly, yeah. because and take advantage of that. There's no extradition uh, treaty, especially in a sensitive case like, yeah. uh, like this one. Completely. 3,800 agents, sat, or wannabe agents, sat for the first ever FIFA agent exams. Gav, as a group, how did they do? And explain a bit more, because this is also a bit controversial. Yeah, so this is part of the new uh, FIFA licensing uh, regulations for, for agents. You've, you've heard about a whole raft of reforms that have been put in. Most significant ones are there's a, there's a cap on commissions that agents yeah. can earn. Uh, agents can't represent all three sides of a party. And, and I want to reiterate this because a lot of people still don't seem to understand this. When we say agent, it's not like, um, it's not like Jerry Maguire where the agent represents the player and he gets paid by the player to do his interests. Most agents are really intermediaries, and when a player moves from one team to the other, uh, there's an agent that represents the selling club, an agent will represent the buying club, and an agent will represent the player himself. Often, agents will represent the buying club and the player, or the selling club and the player, sometimes all three, uh, which has now been banned. Uh, it also, agents almost never get paid by the players. Uh, they get paid by the clubs, which, right. I mean, I, right. I just find an extraordinary uh, thing where, you know, I negotiate a contract for you, Jules, with yeah. ESPN, but then guess what? ESPN is going to pay me, not you. Like, where's my incentive? I, whatever. I, 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 I don't want to go there. Um, Anyways, part of all these reforms, and they used to have these uh, FIFA licenses before, they said, uh, many years ago, then they got rid of them. They said, you have to take this, this agent exam. It's multiple choice. Um, 
And so it's 3,800. Some are wannabe agents. Many of them are already, already agents, agents yeah. who are operating in that way. And um, apparently only 52% passed. Uh, you needed to get 75%, I think, of the multiple choice questions, correct? Um, somebody's sending me a copy of the exam right. later this week. Uh, I'm going to take it myself. Maybe we should take it together yeah. uh, on the show and see if we pass. I know. I would uh, love that. But yeah, 52%, <laughs> not good. Not good. A film crew visited Leandro Paredes' house for some reason. I, honestly, I cannot imagine why. Uh, and discovered that he has Lionel Messi's 2021 Liga Player of the Year trophy. Joe, does <laughs> Messi just have so much silverware that he just has to give it away <laughs> to, his, to, to his teammates? Does he feel sorry for them? Oh, but clearly, yeah, he's got so many La Liga players of the year trophy that <laughs> Paredes must have gone to his house one day and said, oh, well, he needed a doorstep? That, that little trophy on my mental piece. And Leo said, yeah, yeah, take it, take it. I've got plenty, you know, in the, in the garage. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, why? I, I, I you can't... know, if, if, you, if, if you'd seen, like, I don't know, the, the World Cup final shirt that Messi wore, that Paredes has nicely framed and signed by Leo in his house, you say, okay, they played that game together. It's a great moment. They're very, very good friends. But how random is that 2021? <laughs> you know what I can guarantee you? Cristiano does not give any of his trophies away. Even though a top scorer in a preseason friendly tournament, I bet you he keeps them all in his vault at home. What, what, what would you do with all your... Because, okay, Messi must have... How many trophies must he have? I'm sure Cristiano is just as many. No, no, no. But, but where do they keep... Because, okay, if you, if you just showcase your seventh or sixth Ballon d'Or or five Ballon d'Or, then that's easy. You've got the Ballon d'Or. They live in giant houses. They, they, you can, still like you can, you, there's probably a messy museum somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah do you remember that room with all the shirts that he has yeah exactly incredible yeah but, yeah fair enough but clearly he didn't like the 2021 trophy you know <laughs> he, he didn't fancy yeah what happened to roman inter's shirt sponsor digital bits i missed them already yeah digital bits pretty snazzy <laughs> huh um so Digital bits are a. Uh, Why is you'll, you'll, you'll be shocked to learn is a blockchain uh, oh, company of offering different blockchain uh, solutions. I have nothing against blockchain. I think blockchain can be really useful. I don't know about these dudes though, because they, as far as Inter were concerned, they had a, they signed a 24 million euro sponsorship, and the you know how much they paid them? No, zero euros. What? So Inter said, we're taking uh, we're taking your logo off our shirts. Roma d- doing the same. Roma coming up with a pretty cool logo, the um, SPQR uh, logo, which, yeah. of course, goes back to ancient History, Rome. Yeah. That was a smart marketing move from them. Uh, Inter need to come up uh, with something else. Yeah, I don't they can't know, maybe, beat that, though. Maybe the Duomo or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Works on that. Uh, Jules, we got to come back on Thursday. Yeah. Do this all over again. Let's see if games uh, in midweek as well. Plenty of midweek game, including Arsenal against Chelsea. Yeah. Can Arsenal go back? to the top of the Premier League table. Exactly. For a while. Until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself.